Hello, I'm Christian, and you're listening to Inside the Cambodia Project, an educational podcast where we discuss cutting-edge research on sustainable business in an emerging market. In our last episode, we talked with Kylie Fox, a student researcher and aspiring change maker who is well acquainted with Southeast Asia and the United Nations SDGs or Sustainable Development Goals. She shared some very valuable insights for anyone interested in doing research abroad or in their own community, and it's definitely worth a listen. Today, I have the opportunity to speak with Elisa Loy, a Cambodian citizen and translator for most of our research. She's also instrumental to our research in that she serves as a cultural attache for us, ensuring we're considering important cultural implications. Aliza Loy was born in Phnom Penh, which is the capital city of Cambodia. She has two sisters and is right in the middle. In 2007, her family moved to live in Siem Reap, home of the famed Angkor Wat and nearby Angkor Thum temples that were made famous as a main setting of the movie Lara Croft, Tomb Raider. It was in Siem Reap that Aliza's family's religious devotion contributed to the development of the first two congregations of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in that city. After high school, Eliza served a proselytizing mission for the Church of Jesus Christ in Tacoma, Washington. Upon her return to Cambodia, she worked extensively with the local hospitality department, primarily because Siem Reap is a popular city for tourists. Later, she began working for the Cambodian Job Foundation, which is the same partner organization that helps with our research today in Cambodia. Eliza currently lives in Provo, Utah, where she studies English as a second language at the Brigham Young University English Learning Center, or ELC. Thank you so much for joining us today, Eliza. It's great to have you on the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me today. (laughs) (laughs) Super excited to talk with you. Yeah. Um, Eliza, usually I like to come prepared with a quote or something like that to discuss with you, just to kick it off. But today I thought I'd kind of shake things up. And so I asked you to come prepared with your own quote or a mantra or saying from Cambodia. So I'd love if you could share it first in Khmer or in Cambodian, I guess, and then in English. Yeah, sure. So, Yeah, Okay, so What did that mean? (laughs) It's like drop by drop water fills the container. Have you ever heard about? Yeah, I feel like that um, that definitely like rings a bell. I'm not sure that that sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. What does that like kind of mean or where does that come from? It's so cool. It's like the quote from someone in Cambodia. So we used to have all the quote on like on the wall when we go to study, like in primary or high school, they all like all over the quote, like all the wall. Oh, it's always yeah. there? Yeah, it's always there. So I always remember that quote and helps me to like remember that we do something, we have to do step by step and little by little and one day we can achieve. Wow, that's like, that's so powerful. I love that that's such an integral part of the, like even elementary schools. Mm-hmm. Um, something to remember, right? Drop by drop, 
What was like, it? Drop by drop. You, yeah, drop by drop water fills container. Drop by drop water fills a container. Yeah, I love that. Just because it's true. Like you, <laughs> we want we have these big dreams, <laughs> these big visions. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you probably had like. I don't know, you wanted to be something or someone when you were a child, just like me. Yeah. But then it's not like you can just snap your yeah. fingers and mm -hmm. make it happen, right? Yeah, we have it's to be patient. Exactly, yeah. little by little. Yeah. And also every drop counts. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Everything's important. I love that. Thanks so much for sharing. That's yeah. so much cooler than anything <laughs> I could have brought. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, really cool. And I love hearing your Kamae language. Oh. <laughs> Hopefully I can learn a little bit of that. Yeah. <laughs> So, I speaking of Khmer and, and of Cambodia, I know you grew up in Cambodia, right? In yes. Pompeii, and then later in Siem Reap. <coughs> I'd love for you to talk, just tell us a little bit about your experience. Like, what were the highs and the lows? What's it like yeah. living in Cambodia growing up there? Yeah, so, so I grew up in a positive environment. So, <clears throat> as a child, I live with my parents. And we live in the like a big house and like three family living together. Okay. So I remember maybe around seventeen people living in the same house. Seventeen or yeah, 70? seventeen. Okay, seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> so wow, okay. yeah, they are my um, my my mom's sibling. Oh, so okay. yeah, I really enjoy living with all my cousin, and it's like. It is like normal for Asian people to live with their family, like all together in once. Yeah, with the whole extended, yeah. we call that extended family. Oh, here. extended family. Yeah, three, three big family together. And in 2014, my fam, uh, no, in 2004, my parents decided to move to Simriup because we have like a land over there. So they want to build our own house. So by that time, my parents, they both moved to Simrip. So I have to stay in Phnom Penh with my sister oh. all by ourselves. Oh my so I remember I was only like 10 years old and my older sister is like 15 years old. So we have to move out and like rent a small, a small room to stay with my sister. Yeah, that time is really difficult for us because like we have to do things by our own, like even like go to school by our own and then like cooking food and like, but I have learned a lot from that situation because I learned how to like manage the money that I got from my parents because my yeah. parents always like give us the weekly income like every week. So we have to learn how to save the money and learn how to like solve all the problems by ourselves. That's crazy. So yeah. from a young age, you said mm -hmm. you were like 10 years old, you mm -hmm. had to basically <laughs> live on yeah. your own, right? Mm -hmm. Be self-sustained and learn how to manage a budget, take yourself yeah. to school, cook mm -hmm. your own food. That's mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah. What a what a unique experience. I could see how that would be something that would be really hard, mm -hmm. but I'm sure you're thankful for it now. Yeah. Because <laughs> it teaches you things you <laughs> otherwise wouldn't learn, right? Yeah. It's like preparation for me in the future to help me learn how to be be on my own, like how to be self-reliant, even though um, we have uh, we have parents to support us, but we cannot like ask them for help every time. We have to like know how to solve the problems yeah. on our own. That's crazy. Is that, um, would you say that your experience is common? Like do, is it normal for um, 
younger children to just like live on their own and, and do no it's thing. not normal in cambodia okay so that was kind of an exception mm-hmm, yeah okay well very cool thanks for sharing yeah. that um i guess talking more about cambodia just in general now what would you say because how long have you been in the united states two months two months yeah okay, awesome so you got here in like august no, September? in September. Okay. First of September. So cool. <laughs> um, what would you say now that you've been here a little bit? What are some of the biggest differences, I guess, that you've noticed in life in Cambodia and then life in the United States? How are they different and how are they similar? Mm-hmm. So the difference, the first po- the first one is like time. <laughs> time? Yeah. <laughs> like the time zone? Yeah, because like in Cambodia, it's 14 hours ahead. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's it's crazy. like when we when me and my family got here for the first time it's really hard for us to adjust the time because like in the at night here so we all like stay awake like <laughs> during the night. <laughs> and like in the morning I go to school and like I fall asleep all the time because like the time I'm sure yeah, that, really that's different. probably really tough. A mm-hmm. big adjustment. Mm-hmm. I know when I I went to Taiwan recently and I had the same issue because <laughs> I don't know if it's 14 hours there. Might have just been 12, mm-hmm. but it was still like when I was going to bed, I would usually be waking up. <laughs> yeah. And vice versa, I was waking up when I normally go into sleep. And yeah. I get that. I was really tired for yeah. the first few days. Mm-hmm. It took us like a week or something to adjust that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else? What are some <clears> other, <throat> I guess, di- big differences you've noticed? <laughs> the foods. The foods? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, foods here is really different for us because like, we don't usually like it's sweet thing in the morning, just like yeah, we have a conversation yeah, early. About yeah. How mm-hmm. breakfast is so yeah. different. <laughs> we usually like eat like most of the time we eat rice a lot, like every day. Yeah, every we day eat, you yeah. eat rice. Mm-hmm. If I don't eat rice I will go really tired during the day. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Another one is traffic. Oh okay. Yeah. Is there more or less here? Less here. <laughs> <laughs> here okay. Yeah, and like if you go, if you ever go to Cambodia, you like, oh, the traffic in Cambodia is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> because like sometimes like people don't stop if like there is a stoplight, but people keep going in Cambodia. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I wow. love the traffic here in the oh, United States. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> I, I don't love the traffic here, but I guess um, <laughs> I guess you have better perspective. Yeah. And you can be thankful. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and another one, the education system. Okay. Yeah. How is that different? In similar? Cambodia, if you like, if you don't have a lot, if you don't have money to pay to go to the private school, you don't get like a good education. You don't because like the private school they also provide like good education but not but not really right like, it's not probably not the same caliber yeah, mm-hmm. as some of these private schools yeah you have to pay to go to mm-hmm. that's really interesting um i know we do have private schools here in the united states as well mm-hmm. but i think the majority of people go to the public schools. yeah but in cambodia like the Private school is more common right now. Really? Mm-hmm. Cool. Would you say that, um, like, would you say that most Cambodians go to private schools then? Yeah, because, like, all the parents try to, like, save up the money so they can be able to pay for their 
the tuition for the kids to go to the private school because they will get better education. Like they will speak English very well. Okay. So most of the like the new generation in Cambodia, they know how to speak English now. Oh wow! Yeah, is that kind of is that important to Cambodians? Mm-hmm. Would you say? Yeah, because English? if you know how to communicate in English, you will get a better job in Cambodia. Wow, that's mm-hmm. really cool. Is that because of the tourism or? I don't know, like the system or something in like our workplace. They use English. Oh, they use yeah. English a lot. Yeah, very cool. Um, what would you tell people like going to Cambodia for their first time? I guess the English speakers, right, going to <laughs> going <laughs> yeah. to Cambodia. What would you tell? What advice would you give them, or what would you tell them to expect? I would tell them that um, all the people in Cambodia they are really nice people. So I just want them to expect that they will have to try all the food in Cambodia. <laughs> they have to try it because don't be scared. Right? Yeah, don't be scared. <laughs> Yeah, and and Cambodia also like use the U.S. dollar. Really. Mm-hmm. So okay. you don't have to like exchange the money when you go there. You can use your um, U.S. dollar oh. over there. Very cool. What are some things that like um, I guess surprised you that they were similar, like between the United States and Cambodia? Are there any things that kind of stayed the same? For me, like people, people, yeah, people are friendly because Cambodia they also friendly. <laughs> so I met a lot of people in the U.S. They are friendly. So yeah, that's really good to hear. I'm yeah. glad you met, mm-hmm. you met some nice people. Yeah, um, I think there's good people in every country. Yeah, <laughs> always. <right? laughs> but that's great. Um, so Cambodia, honestly, Elisa, it sounds wonderful and. I can't wait until I have the chance to actually go there. Um, but shifting gears somewhat to more, we're going to talk more about our humanitarian research project now. Yeah, I'd love to ask you specifically if there was a humanitarian group that's like a group of people that want to help people, right? If they were going to, into Cambodia to do a project, how do you think the general Cambodian, like the average person in Cambodia, how would you guys measure? the impact and like how would you know if it was effective what what would an effective humanitarian project look like in Cambodia mm-hmm. I think is uh, when like Cambodian people know about like know and like clearly understand about the purpose of the project that we are doing for them and also I think most Cambodians people enjoy learning like new things from others country and they will be like really appreciate for all yeah. the project. So so for bringing new ideas yeah. mm-hmm. that's a good thing. Yeah. We just have to make sure that we're communicating <laughs> Yeah. understand what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the the first thing is like they have to understand about like what is the purpose of our project? How can we help them? Like yeah. If they really know and understand that, they will be willing to like participate with us. I love that. Yeah, and I think um, I'm hoping that we can successfully communicate mm-hmm. our purpose and and why we're there doing the things we're doing. Yeah. I'm hoping you can help us do that. Yeah, <laughs> since I you would are, be happy to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you're our translator. You're you're a foot in the door. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I feel like it's really important sometimes 
in any research project, when you're going to a new community or a new country, sometimes we go in and we know what our goals are or our expectations mm-hmm. are, but we don't necessarily communicate those. I was yeah. just reading uh, Factfulness. It's a book by Hans Rosling. And I, I think I mentioned it in the last podcast, actually. But um, this guy, Hans Rosling, he was a global health administrator. And he was in a country somewhere in Africa. I don't remember where. And he actually went to a village to do some blood testing. Mm-hmm. And it was specifically so that they could develop vaccines, vaccinations for oh. a, a disease specific yeah. to that region. Mm-hmm. And so that's a really good thing that he was doing. But he told an, of an experience where he went into the village with his centrifuges and and he was getting the blood test done. And as he was setting up the centrifuges, they're really noisy and he didn't notice. Um, but he turned around after he turned off the centrifuges and he heard a bunch of yelling. Oh. And so he, he left the tent that he was in and the whole village was outside and they were angry. They were, they were scared really is what it was because they didn't know mm-hmm. why this man from Sweden had come all the way to their country with some really loud machinery. Yeah. And all they knew is that he was going to you know, take samples of their blood. They didn't know why. Yeah. And that was a really powerful experience for him Mm -hmm. because it taught him the value of explaining, right, of really communicating why he was there and what he was doing. Mm -hmm. Because once the people understood, once they realized, ah, he's not trying to hurt us, he just wants to help us, then that's when everything changed Mm -hmm. and they became much more supportive, right? Yeah, yeah. But it was a little scary for him. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So that's something we should definitely focus on when we do try to implement our research in Cambodia. Yeah. Um, what are some, I guess, for anybody, not just for us, but for anyone um, trying to do work in Cambodia, what are some tips you have for, I guess, engaging partners, organizations, citizens in your country? Like, how can we get the people to help us with what we're trying to do? Um, like what you said earlier, like communication is very powerful. So we have to like make them like trust in us because most of Cambodian people, when like we go to like talk to them, because some of them are afraid that we are the scam scammer or something. Okay. Yeah, I think maybe they can help us by knowing how to use like how to use the resource that they have. Gotcha. And willing to like give us the information about their businesses. Okay, so just just kind of, what's, I guess you, you talked about this a little bit, but how, what would you say is the best way to mm, like gain trust and, and help establish um, like a friendship? in mm-hmm. Cambodia how can we help them trust us and know we're not scammers so first I think we can be like um, we can become friends with them like to make sure that they know just like what we say like they really know about why we are here and what is our project and we just like explain well to them like how our project will help um, their business in the community Right. Yeah. yeah. Just helping them know it. It's, yeah. We want to we want to make their business a better place. We want yeah. to make Cambodia a better place. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to 
you know, impose our yeah. own culture or, or country or anything. Yeah. I really like that. Um, what are, just one more question about like yeah. the whole humanitarian thing. What are some of the, I guess, some of the common misconceptions or stereotypes, things that people think that aren't necessarily true? Um, that you would say people have about Cambodia? Like what what have, what have you heard people say that that's not true about Cambodia? I heard a lot of people say that Cambodia is not safe. If you go visit there, you're not, um, it's not a safe place to go. And and they would sometimes say like, I, this is like I heard from the new day, like, um, the, like the seller in Cambodia try to like add up the price when there's a foreigner to come and buy some oh. something so like yeah. they like put a add up some price and it right, it's really expensive yeah and that's not true yeah say. it's not true because i've heard those too yeah <laughs> those are rumors then mm -hmm. gotcha um oh, would you say that uh cambodia is a very safe place then? yeah especially in siem Reap. Okay. Yeah. That's that's good good news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because Siem is like a tourist city, so mm -hmm. yeah. It's uh, a very safe place like compared to other provinces in Cambodia, so yeah. Right. Siem is the best place to I mean, visit. I mean, I imagine if if every Cambodian is as nice as you are, Lisa, it'll be a great place to visit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um are would you say that like some of those misconceptions about it being dangerous or mm -hmm. Or maybe the people upselling not being honest. Do have you seen those come more from Westerners, like like people in the United States, or do they also come from like um, some of your regional neighbors, like Thailand and Vietnam? Are, like, do people over there also have weird ideas about Cambodia, or is it just over here? I don't know. Maybe like maybe they have some because I used to like visit Thailand, but the people in Thailand is really nice they if i don't speak thai if i want to buy something they won't like add add up the price add anything. yeah <laughs> they will <laughs> like really sell nice. sell me with the normal price mm -hmm. okay that's really that you know i really love um i guess that distinction that you just made about how there are some really good people and good cultures mm -hmm. in Southeast Asia. The fact that people have the integrity to, you know, not change a price based on the language someone mm -hmm. speaks or the yeah. color of their skin. Uh, in, in many ways, that's, <laughs> I would say, better than, than some of the practices that we have here. Oh. Um, and so I, I hope that even as we try to teach um, people in Cambodia, we can also learn from from your people and from yeah. your culture because I think that just like we said there's good in every country and I think it's more about learning from each other um, than, than really anything that we, we can yeah. give or teach. Mm -hmm. um, thank you so much for, for those comments. That, that was really helpful. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, one more question before we go, okay? Mm -hmm. I, I've been like just... I've been loving this, but I've heard Cambodia has like a certain charm, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then when you go there, you can't help but fall in love with it. That's something I read in a, in a book actually about Cambodia called Cambodia's Curse. I was wondering if you could share, just like off the script, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, what's your favorite part about Cambodia? Like, or, or a favorite memory or a story? Just tell us something to help illustrate how beautiful 
your country is. Help us to see it through your eyes. Could you do that? Yeah, sure. So my favorite place in Cambodia, yeah, obviously like in Siem Reap, I like to like go hiking. Like we go up on the mountain and like, see the sunset. Mm. Yeah, and the sunset will go down. If we go, the view is like the sunset will go to the Angkor Wat. Okay. So we can actually see that. And the the Angkor Wat is, remind me what that is. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, Angkor Wat is close to the mountain. It's called Bakkaing Mountain. Okay. Yeah. And it's a temple, right? Mm-hmm. They have a temple on the top of the mountain. Oh, wow. Yeah, and sometimes like, people can like pay to like use the elephant to ride on the fe- elephant and go up to the mountain. You're kidding. Yeah. So you can ride an elephant yeah. to the top of this mountain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a temple up there? Mm-hmm. So people go there to see the sunset. It's wow. really nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my favorite part is like when I get off from work, I like to, I have a, like a scooter. Mm-hmm. So when I get off from work, I always like go uh, ride my scooter around Angkor Wat area because a lot of big trees like like on the road so we can like ride like feel the fresh air oh. and like some monkeys like uh, they have like monkeys <laughs> at the side of the road so people like give them like banana or like pineapple to the monkeys oh my gosh that is so cool <laughs> you got monkeys on the side yeah. of the road feeding them mm-hmm. all these things that's that's just fantastic mm-hmm. um thank you so much Alisa. Yeah. like the the picture that you're painting of cambodia it does sound amazing it sounds serene and and it's just exotic and so different from what we're used to here but it sounds beautiful mm-hmm. and i really do hope that um <laughs> we'll get to experience that someday soon yeah i hope you could visit Cambodia someday (laughs) (laughs) in the future (laughs) let's go Um, well thank you so much and uh, for those listening thank you for your time and attention Um, I feel like we've had a really meaningful discussion today not just about uh, the culture of Cambodia but also about just culture in general and I think that if there's any one takeaway I have from today talking with Elisa It's that there's good in every country. There's Mm -hmm. good in every place. And so as always, no matter where you are uh, in the world, remember that you can make a difference, that you have the power to make meaningful change. In other words, lift where you stand.